This is Season 6, Episode 9 of Beyond the Illusion. Light Language with Cynthia Bronham. I'm super excited to kind of dig into light language. It's something that for a lot of my spiritual journey, I'd never heard of maybe about maybe several years ago, it started to kind of come into my awareness. And then I really feel like in the last couple of years, in a lot of different places, it keeps popping up. Yet still, when I'm talking with a group of people, some spiritual group or something, uh, a lot of times if I ask people, nobody's ever heard of it still. So I know it's kind of something that's kind of coming more online on the planet, but uh, still a lot of people have never heard of it. So Cynthia, I was wondering, what would be your definition of light language? Well, I believe it is aspects of our being and aspects of other beings that are on different layers of existence that are showing up at this time to help us in our transformation to divine human or homo illuminus. I think it's showing up in this form. I've thought about it a lot, and, and, and I think it has to do with the physicality of our voices that energy is coming from a divine aspect of being, but it's going through a physical being. And so I think both of those components seem to be really important right now for this journey of divine human, because you have to be able to connect with our bodies very well. And so this is like a direct form of communication that they can't do themselves. So I think that's why we're involved. That's why uh, we're part of it and why the light language is coming forward a lot right now, because I'm like you. I hadn't really heard that much about it. I think maybe about maybe about three years ago, I started hearing on different podcasts. I would hear a little bit about light, light language. Somebody's going to do light language. And as soon as I heard someone do it, I couldn't get enough of it. I would tune into all the different programs, and if anybody was going to do light language, it was just like a craving. I couldn't really get enough of hearing it. Yeah, I was just really had a response to it, a really deep kind of an unconscious response. And so it has a lot to do with bypassing the conscious mind and tapping into the unconscious or the superconscious so that those areas are um, activated in a little bit more of a direct way than what's usually possible. For me, it'll bring through, it will bring through more light and different expanded beings that I can feel how expanded they are. And also a lot of my beings that come through are in the angelic uh, realm that work directly with me. So I'll call her my higher self, for lack of a better word, but she's really the, the aspect of my whole, my whole being that is in touch with Source all the time and is the, the most connected. And so she's my lead. She's the, the being, the aspect of, I'm the aspect of her being. She's the aspect of my being. And she's the one that leads me through whole lot of things that have had to do with uh, preparing to do light language. I didn't know for the longest time that that's what I'd be doing at all. It kind of like that was kind of a surprise that that's what would be happening. But there was a lot of preparation and things started happening. Now looking back on it, I'll go, well, yeah, some things were happening with sound that were pretty unusual because I've always been a visual artist. 
my degrees in visual art, and that's where I've always been focused. So uh, some different things started happening, right? So before we go into that story, yeah, I just wanted to clarify, then would you say that light language could be sort of a type of channeling energy and frequencies? I really like what you said about bypassing kind of our conscious mind. So it's like this language is not in words that we understand. And maybe when we're communicating, normally we focus so much on the words. But if we would learn how to tune in more on the energy and the intention and the frequency that's being communicated, then there would be less miscommunication and misunderstanding. So sort of really cool because I think that is kind of the higher level of communication. I mean, although, of course, this is a type of healing as well, but because it's called light language, I think it's kind of interesting to think about us learning how to communicate and connect more through energy and frequency necessarily than getting caught up in the rational figuring out of words. Yeah. And and for some reason, I've never really trusted words. I think it's because I'm a visual artist. I really, uh, to me, they just never could hold enough. And they also like chopped up the meaning. So only poetry is the only kind of words that would actually, that I actually trust because they held more. They just, they held more. And some people talk about light language as being, uh, some people refer to it as soul language. So you can definitely uh, think of it like that. It's also part of how we're remembering the different aspects of our whole being that we have been separated from. And one of the reasons why it's coming through is because it's helping us to remember so many different aspects of ourselves that used to speak those languages and also aspects of ourselves that are in our ancestral field and in different parallel worlds and, you know, different galactic expressions and things. So it's more like the language that our higher selves are speaking, if they're speaking language at all. And sometimes when I tune into some of those areas or some of those aspects come through, it's just sound, but it's not like a language. Some of it is just sounds, layers of sounds, like weavings of sound. But definitely when uh, uh, when I feel it or when I do it, first of all, you know, I'm told to step back and let these aspects step forward. When they do step forward, you know, I can feel so much more coming through and, you know, so much really expanded unconditional love and extraordinary kinds of states of being, like divine union states of being, uh, uh, different aspects of the divine feminine, different aspects of the divine masculine and the divine child. And those things just start to open up, you know, because of that, I start embodying. So then the, the more that these are coming through, then the more that they're becoming part of me. And so it's like a soul retrieval. I feel like that a lot when I work with other people. It's like we're clearing out, we're clearing out, and then we get to the point where their guys start showing up and coming through. So that's definitely part of it. And then some people do this also using sound, and some people also do it using uh, imagery. I'm kind of surprised that that hasn't showed up more with me. I would have thought that that would have been the way it would first come through, but this is funny, but 
my higher self, she said, well, we would have come through that way first, but you had too much ego in that. <laughs> I know, I know. And I was like, yeah. In other words, I had so many preconceived notions about what art should look like and what it should be like and what it should be doing. Actually, during the shutdown, I spent a whole year doing some wonderful intuitive paint, taking some intuitive painting classes, which really helped a lot in that way, you know, just to strip off a lot of that academia that I had learned about technique and style and, and all the ways that you're supposed to manipulate things to make them look a certain way, right? And I got down to something that was much more innocent and much more pure. I was basically like a similar to shamanic journeying, but you could also say some of the paintings did have some symbols in them. And then also some of them had an image that as I was working with it, it transformed as I was going through that sort of uh, innocent process where you're just, where are you feeling the energy? And then you make that stroke or do I see a flash of an image? And then I put that on there. Then I wait until I get that information before I make the next step on it, right? A lot of me had to sit on the back porch, you know, while I'm doing that, it's like all the parts about the composition and the da-da-da-da-da-da. And anyways, uh, and I had it was really one really profound experience with an image where it helped me bring through the Divine Father, which has been an aspect that has been late to the party basically you know because a lot because of a lot of things i went through in my life so that was really really special and that happened with intuitive painting so definitely intuitive painting can be a form of light language and every time i start to do the intuitive painting i always am doing light language along with it so we could turn off the video when i was doing the classes and so i could just do my light language while i'm painting and so yeah it's very much a part of it for me uh <coughs> Kim, do you have any idea why I have echo today? I've ne- we've never had that before. I keep getting the feedback. I don't uh, know. I have a theory, but it's not. I mean, should I try it without my microphone? Or is it, do you think it's just a Zoom thing? Or do you think something on, on your end? Or now it's not happening. But like, No, <laughs> I don't. Curious. I think it maybe is a Zoom thing, but okay. I have. Sometimes I, Zoom does like do yeah. that. So oh, it's really funny. The first time it happened, Mm -hmm. Cynthia had just finished saying, and I don't know if you guys noticed this, she just finished saying that she had a lot of weird things happen with sound in her life. (laughs) And then all of a sudden you talked and it was like all garbled and weird sounding. Yeah, I I don't have a technical explanation for that, but oh, okay. <laughs> this is this well, happens. Yeah, this energetic. happens sometimes. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. I've, we've had oh, other yeah. recordings where something similar happened like that, and um, I had no explanation for it otherwise. You know, there was no like real world explanation. So maybe something weird is going on with sound because of what we're talking about and the energy that Cynthia is bringing through. So, oh, yeah, I definitely feel a lot of energy from mm-hmm. Cynthia, you know, or that we're bringing through or however you want to say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. You, you also mentioned that you started to become aware of this higher aspect of yourself and you even have a name for it. Sophia. Okay, yeah. I was just wondering, when did you start to become aware of that in your life and what other things were happening during that time for you? Well, the first time I heard her speak to me was I had just done a lot of deep work that had to do with basically my feminist work, basically, recognizing the divine feminine. 
So that was about the late 80s. No, it wasn't the late 80s. It was, uh, well, anyway, it was a long time ago. And <laughs> <laughs> so I had just done that work. Uh, I read all the books and really got to a point where I had an understanding about that. Read the Renee Renee Eisler book, The Chalice and the Blade, which to me just defined it better than just a whole lot of other books did. It just really spelled it out for me. When I opened to the Divine Feminine, her, her voice just came in. At that point, I referred to her as my higher self. The voice always sounded like my voice, but just so much more resonant and so much things would happen when I would hear her voice, but she wasn't chatty at all. I mean, she would only come in every blue moon when I was really going off course and just with maybe one or two sentences. And that's the way our relationship was for the majority of my life. She was just there, you know, just when I really, really, when she was really, really needed, right? 2015, my dad passed on. My dad and I and our prickly pear relationship, when that happened, um, I could feel, I could feel in my being, I could feel all these different places that I was standing that was like the bedrock of my divine masculine, the things that I had thought, the places where I'd put those stones and, and kind of the foundation of it. And I could just feel that all shaking up and moving. And I was like, okay, now this time I'm going to, I'm going to get it. I want to get that a lot smoother. I want to get that in a lot more of a light filled and much more mature sort of fashion. So I decided I'm going to get right back with my really strongly with my spiritual work, right? That's when things really started opening up for me. Then some things started happening, weird things with energy. For example, about 2015, so I was at the beach and every, I always have my best dreams and my best kinds of things when I'm at the ocean. And so I felt, you know, I'm getting a download. And I know I had gotten, I'd, a few times in my life I'd gotten downloads, right? I said, I'm fixing to get a download. I need to lay down. And I laid down and it was all these sounds just like streaming through my awareness that sound like, and, and, and that's just me doing one. This was like all these strands of sound and the visuals with lots of light and color and, and, and flashes and everything. So that went on for about 30 minutes. And I'm just like, that was very, very weird. At that, at that point in my life, I thought that was rather weird. And then there's this thing about the sound. And a lot of people have called this spiritual tinnitus, where you begin to hear the sound that's in your, your mind space. So that sound started getting larger and larger. And then I found the more I meditated, the more that sound came forward. Then these things just started happening where energy started coming in. It, and I would wake up in the morning and in my heart center, this energy would be this rapidly moving energy. It looked like an atom. If you could imagine the, the old uh, drawings of the, of the atom, so it felt like that, the velocity, the way it was spinning, it felt like that. And I would wake up in the morning and it would be there doing that for about 30 minutes. Oh, I don't know what this is, but this is weird. And that would go on for about a month and then it would stop for about a month. And then a month later, the same thing started happening, except for it was in my headspace. And that went on every morning, every morning for a month. And then it stopped for a month. And then the next month, 
it was in my yoni every morning, 30 minutes, and then it would stop again for a month. And so then after a month, it would start back over again with the heart center. And that kept happening. I go, you know, I don't think there's anything physically wrong. I think that this is something that's happening because of my commitment to my spiritual uh, that I really wanted to, you know, get that going. And it was definitely getting that going. And then I was having a lot of things about my work that it was time to that I might not be there any longer, which was odd because it was I was doing something that I loved and, and something that I really planned on doing for uh, much longer. But I'd done it for 16 years and it was working with the homeless in a art program. So I was the art program director for a homeless program in downtown Dallas. I had done that for 16 years and I really thought I'd always do it. But then I started getting these little messages like, oh, I really enjoy this today because you're not going to be doing this next year. And I would be like, I don't think so. But, you know, sure enough, that's what happened. So I, I did. I left that job. Lots of things happened at the job that made it time, you know, to move. So when that happened, then I started. So I'm like, all right. We're going to do something else. So that's when I started talking a lot to Sophia. At one point, I asked her, well, what do you want to hire yourself? It seems so formal. You know, what do you want me to call you, basically? And she said, well, you can call me Sophia. And so I was like, well, so do you mean like Sophia, the goddess Sophia, or what? And she said, and I said, are you that Sophia, or are you my higher self? And she said, yes and yes, and so are you. Then we had a very direct relationship after that, Tim, where every morning I started doing morning pages because about a month before that I'd had a kind of a cue, you know, hey, why don't you sit down and do some writing? These things started coming through. I thought, this is not me talking, you know, and, and it was interesting, but I was a little bit uncomfortable with it. But then it went, when it was Sophia coming through, I was really comfortable with her. So your morning pages, you know, so for people who don't know what morning pages are, that's that practice of writing at least three pages every morning, just kind of freestyle to tap into creativity and flow. But you're saying your morning pages were like sort of either like automatic writing or channeling and you were well, doing different beings? Yeah. At first it started out, I was doing a stream of consciousness stuff. And then after about three weeks, uh, I sat down to do that. First thing I wrote was Good Morning, Cynthia. Like, hello, this is new. Let's see. And so then she just started pouring out. And basically, the first thing she wanted me to do was to create an inner space, a really good home space within my heart center to work from there. And then she, next thing she wanted me to do was do things that give me joy, do things that make me happy. So basically, she was helping me build my energy up so that we could begin this process. So after about three weeks, she said, you know, get ready tomorrow. We're going to begin with what you'll be doing. So I go, okay, well, what kind of art supplies do you want me to have available? And she was like, no, you're not going to need any art supplies. We're going to do this on a subtle energy level. So I was like, okay, what are we doing? And anyway, so then the next day, she just had me start it. She, she just had me to start basically making sound. That was the first day, just making sound. And, you know, we went a few days and did some different kinds of things. And then we worked with tones and then we worked with flowing energy. Mainly it was a, it was a very energetic kind of way of using sound. She had me using the sound to clear my body out, basically, so that more of my divine aspects could drop in, right? And so also the energy that I discussed a bit ago that was coming in periodically like that was also really part of this process also, but I wasn't consciously aware of it. It was, they were helping me get my body used to these more expanded energies because, you know, I think you had to be 
careful. Your body has to be attuned to it. You have to kind of acclimate to those kinds of uh, expanded energy and frequency and everything. And your, I mean, you know, body's not usually used to that. So it just takes a little time, right? So it's really cool how they, you were guided like in this kind of gradual step-by-step specific process to prepare you for integrating and being a conduit for these energies. And I know like nowadays there's lots of people who want to and choose to learn how to channel, you know, to specifically bring in messages. Do you think that this process that worked for you would be something that's repeatable for others who would want to learn it? Well, I tell you, this is what I think about that. I think that if that's what they want to do, and if they step up and say, I want to do this, if it's part of what their soul has ha, is doing this time, or if that's part of what their soul mission is here, I'm sure that it would be a yes, right? Yeah, I think it depends on really what their whole being has yeah, because you, you want that most expanded part of you leading, you know, and so you have to make sure that you're in alignment there. But if you're alignment there, then I think that, you know, the more we listen to light language and then do other different things that are on our spiritual path that we're drawn to, um, I think all of those things are helping us remember all the different aspects that we are and all the different layers that we're functioning on and the things that are have been largely in our subconscious and also our superconscious uh, for so long. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think so. I think you made such a good point there that that it has to come because sure we could have we a lot of us you know and this is part of the journey we'll have a spiritual ego <laughs> and so yes yeah, some people and we can see that in channeling as well like how you know whenever we read or hear or watch channel material like we need to really discern doesn't mean that just because somebody's channeling that it's coming from a higher consciousness in the same way I could see that happening where somebody might want to feel special and get attention by from a, you know, like he said, it could be a shadow aspect that the person's not even aware of, or it could be more conscious as well. But yeah, that it's important that it has to come from a higher aspect and kind of be in service and the person, because obviously like the steps that got you to the point where it was happening for you, there was a lot before that, like you said, like, you know, in the 80s, you were doing stuff and in the, you know, all of that stuff of of bringing your masculine and feminine into integration and healing and clearing some of these other things were all the precursor before even this activation began. Oh, sister, I have done a lot of soul work. And uh, but I've always been, I really, I mean, I started out when I was in high school when I was a sophomore in high school, I was reading the Seth materials by uh, uh, Jane Roberts, which was a channeled thing, right? And, you know, I would do cheerleading during high school and I'd come home, you know, on the weekend, I was a Seth reader. And that was totally in the, I was a, in the closet Seth reader. Nobody knew about that. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been on the journey really most of my life, a little bit of an exceptions there when I just wasn't completely focused on it. But usually I was completely focused on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's great to hear. And, you know, we're both, uh, Tiana and I are Seth readers as well. So. Ah, ah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's a, there's, yeah, there's a meetup here in Austin, a Seth meetup. And, oh, yeah, uh, I've been to it once. I, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. I go to that all the time. And 
So I really learned a lot from that, and it was really good. I mean, that was where I first heard the concept that we make our own reality, that we're creating our own reality. And then, of course, there's so much in there about alternate dimensions and so much really about this being so fluid, actually, our reality, and there being all these different plays that we are involved in at all times and the way that that really just layers and layers and layers of that. It really helped me in so many ways to open my mind up to the point that I believe I could could receive some of this stuff, right? So, That's what motivated me to to start channeling because I was like, I want a Seth that will answer my questions and give me higher wisdom. <laughs> and so I totally even, you know, I copied like, oh, what did Jane Roberts do? Oh, she got a Ouija board. Okay, I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah, so I get that. I think that's a big inspiration for lots of people. I didn't really consider it channeling at all at the beginning. Uh, I mean, I do think of it as a conduit a little bit more than channeling, but because sometimes it's tuning into uh, states of being, and then actually, you know, sometimes it's beings that have personalities. I mean, you can tell in their voice, you know, some of them, have all kinds of specific talents and skills. And I know that that's what will happen to my Sophia will bring and uh, she'll connect with, with other beings that are maybe of a different ray of source. So like our particular ray of source has certain skills and abilities that are on all the different planes. Like I know that those that are with us a lot are in the angelic realm. We're doing kind of what I'm doing now in a way, but, you know, we do it on different realms also. Like one day, the Sophia is like, take your human to work day. And so I got to go, yeah, yeah. So I got to go with her when she was doing what she does. So she's angelic. So when aspects have gotten lost and they uh, have gotten tangled up and they can't move any farther, maybe they might be even what they think of as fixing to die. She goes to them and she helps them to see if she can help with that, help smooth that thing, those things out or help to repair some things or to help that being move forward and then to decide, you know, if they want to stay in that form or if they would like to uh, transfer and transition to another form. So, yeah, so we're in the angelic realm. But sometimes she'll bring in galactics. Like I had this one guy that I did a session with and Seriously, usually there's about three different beings that come through maybe in a session. Generally, they're, they're all different, but let's just say as an average, maybe about three, right? This guy had about 20 different aspects that came through, and they all sounded like they were in the galactic realm, right? And so it was, just, it was wild. I mean, I felt like I had had a tour of the universe after I finished that session, and he just found it extremely joyful. You said they sound like they're in the galactic, and I was like, oh, well, how does that, how does the galactic sound different from like the angelic sound or? Well, I guess I'm sorry to say, but you just have to be there because basically, I mean, I can't make those sounds right now. I mean, I Mm. would have to, they would have to be coming through because it was sounds that I cannot make. You know, I can assure you, I cannot make those sounds. And uh, and afterwards, he was like, wow, you got quite the range. I go, I don't. I don't yeah. have quite the range. But generally, I have to say that the angelic ones I recognize as more like the beings that usually come through. 
there's maybe a certain tonality or, but there's exceptions to all what I'm, there's exceptions to that too. But I mean, and sometimes they're way up in the upper scale, but there's also exceptions to that. And then the, the lactics, they all had all these different personalities that sounded through in a way, you know, that was very animated in some ways. Now, as you know, you were talking earlier about when you're channeling that you want to be careful, right? So the way I do it is I have Sophia. I, I'm totally surrendered to Sophia. She is my gatekeeper, right? She's the gatekeeper there of my voice and of my body. And so only she can decide who comes in and only she picks who comes in, right? They all have to be of the Christ of light. They all have to have already made that very, very important decision that they're going to become one and express their own source expression, right? That's kind of what we're doing right now, like humans right now. People are deciding, you know, do I want to do this? Do I want to like go through ascension? Do I want to express the divine aspect that I am in this human form? Or do I not want to do that? So we have free will so we can choose. Because we have had that option for a long time now, you know, we've created some kind of a little bit of, you know, a little bit of sticky stuff. And so now there, you know, our divine aspects are coming in to help us to clean that up. Because for me, the way that manifested was, so my Sophia about three years ago, so we, we were doing the automatic writing. She was teaching me all the things, the sound things, and we would like do, use sound in different ways and toning into everything that we owned and everything, then it was time to go through ascension. And I had been told in about 2016 that I was going to go through ascension in a couple of years and that I needed to just lay down and not move for two days. And anybody that was around me, I had to tell them, don't bother me, don't interrupt me and all this. And it all played out in a similar way, except for I got after about two days of the ascension process, which this is my Sophia leading me through it, all the different aspects, and you got to get off the earth plane, and then you know you you know a lot of a lot of things. We met a lot of aspects, and a lot of things had to be brought together, and all that kind of stuff in order for that to happen. And then then there was this tremendous tremendous pain in my ear, and it was so painful that I stopped the process right because it was just so painful. And I've always had this thing about pain in this physical world. I'm like I'm good with. I understand, you know, yeah, we've got to go through a lot of stuff, but why does it have to be so painful, right? And so this has always been a sticking point for me. It's just started to hurt like the blazes. And so I stopped actually my ascension process after about after about two days because it was just too painful. I said, you know, it shouldn't have to hurt like this. And so I stopped it and I didn't start it up again until Sophia started, we started writing through, we started doing the voice stuff and we started with the writing and everything every day. And so when that happened, I go, okay, I don't care how painful it is. Let's do it. Let's do it. I don't care what I have to do. Let's just do it. Because I could see, I was just holding myself back. I hadn't, you know, gotten through that. And basically it was just all this stuff, this kind of sticky, icky stuff that my soul being had created through all these different incarnations, the stuff that had chosen not to align with source, the egoic stuff, and that he said, oh, I'll do this by myself. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff like that. So, you know, just through the eons and eons, it just coagulates, it gets so dense, it gets so, the way I experienced it was that it only had a tiny, tiny little light in it. 
a light that was just almost imperceptible. And what happens with that sticky, icky little area, when you have your emotions, your doubt, your your fear, your the more denser uh, emotions, uh, when they get cl- they get close to that, they get entrained in there. So it's kind of a little uh, sticky catch with that. And so it makes it really, really difficult. It basically, it allows us to have this whole situation. It allows us to have this whole experience that we've been having of duality, right? So we haven't been able to go completely into our divine human because we're held on a little bit by that stuff. But, but it was all purposeful and everything. But now it's time to clean it up, right? So we've done that. We've been there. So now it's time to clean it up. Anyway, it was a, it was quite the process to to clear that up because I couldn't ascend with with it there. It was it's, it's too heavy. It was too heavy. It was too dense. So anyway, so we did all kinds of stuff, and the angels had to come and all kinds of stuff. And and uh, uh, but anyway, so that happened. So I got it cleaned up out of that one ear, and then we started on with the ascension process, and then the other ear started hurting. I go, oh my god. So anyway, we had to go in and clean it all out. But it was really interesting because. The uh, one way we had to clean it out in the way that was the divine feminine and one one way we had to clean it out in the way that was with the divine masculine. And did that match the ear, you know, like the the, yes. the right, okay, yes. the right side being the masculine and then the did. left side being the feminine. Interesting. It did. Yeah. It did. And then I mean, the ears having to do with like the throat chakra, which connects to our spiritual communication. It makes it, sense. Exactly. Exactly. It was a really amazing experience, basically. So then after all that happens, different parts of me could come back, the soul retrieval aspects that we were talking about before, right? So when they cleared all those parts out and everything, and then I I did the ascension process, and then a lot of the divine aspects of my being could come back into my body, like the divine feminine in her mother form, the divine masculine in several of his different forms. And so those are all kind of have, I kind of have a touch points in my body where when I focus on that area, I focus uh, on that uh, energy, which that energy that I was talking about before was like that, it turned out to be their energy. I mean, them all together, like my divine feminine, my divine masculine, and my divine child. That's my us. And so that is that that is that same energy that was coming in periodically like that. That and that is them basically. So well, now me. So <laughs> yeah. So then I think you might have said this before, but I just want to clarify. So then would you say that your Sophia sound illumination sessions are kind of a soul retrieval in a way because it's clearing out first like the discordant energy and then they're able to connect back with these different lost divine aspects of themselves. It is that. It's that. And then it's uncovering some of the stuff that has been masking it, definitely. So part of it is so retrieval and part of it is like unfolding things that have been infolded. So a lot of these things we infolded because we we were basically said, oh, that's irrelevant. You know, our minds will, will, if it doesn't seem to be something that we're using, they'll shut that down. You know, so some of that, yeah, so definitely that. But it works with people just wherever they're at. So, you know, some people, maybe they can't meditate, right? You know, maybe they, they're not at the point where they still their minds to where they meditate, uh, where they can meditate. So with someone like that, it's usually... Um, assisting them to do that so it'll whatever step they're on you know 
that's how it will assist them. Then also a lot of things are stored because some of that is received, uh, my understanding is it's received cellularly and stored in the body until that time when they when they are ready for that. But our, our main uh, purpose is to prepare individuals for the ascension process and to assist in ways uh, like that. And so we bring that out to their higher self. It's like my higher self and their higher self will get together and they'll, and so then they'll decide, you know, what aspects of their higher being are going to come in. If they need to go outside of their own aspects and pull in other rays of source that have special skills and talents that maybe they don't have, you know, to do it. So a lot of different things happen, you know, in the sessions. Like one lady, she had been really very aware and dealt a lot in the astral field and she would do house clearings and stuff but but anyway she got real turned off by that and got real um, hurt so she had shut that down right and she had shut that down for for several years and so she got to where she couldn't connect to any of her guides anymore or or anything like that or get into a, a meditative state anymore so when we had a session with her that's what they did they brought those guides in again for her to connect again. And so she was able to go into that meditative state again. And basically, it really helped her a lot. And then after that, she was able to do that herself. So sometimes it's something like that. Someone, even something that someone's been doing and, and for some reason I can't do anymore. But a lot of times it's things they haven't done before, uh, like someone who's never been able to meditate very well or never been able to, uh, like we had one guy, and I mean, literally this guy cried the whole session. Now, that's kind of unusual. People don't usually cry, but sometimes, you know, that's what's going to happen. And so he, he cried the whole session, and because he had just lost his dad, you know, he just lost his dad a couple of months before, and his dad and he were best friends. So the cool thing about that session was, he was able to have an experience of his dad speaking to him and his dad coming in. So his dad was like a member of his divine team now. And so his dad came in and spoke to him and told him something very specific, told him that his mother actually was, was going to pass soon. And he'd always had a very fractious relationship with his mother and that he needed to, he needed to fix that. He needed to repair that and get on a much better way with his mother because she, he was really going to feel awful if he didn't do that. And that's the last thing that man really wanted to do. But, you know, he did. He did that. He ended up doing that. And then, you know, after that, he came back and he said, oh, my gosh, yeah, it did everything that we needed to do. And to my family, it repaired so much. And he thanked me so much. I said, you know what? You're the one that chose to do that. You know, you're the one that chose to do it. You need to thank yourself. <laughs> and so sometimes it's like that. And, and a lot of it is just reminding someone. They're, they're just basically being reminded about who they really are and about what they're really made of. And there's usually this part in the sessions, which is my favorite part, basically. It's where we've gone through a lot of the tough stuff. Like like one guy said, oh, it felt like we were wrestling a bear. And, uh, <laughs> or we can get into some areas that are really heavy and really dense and really stuck, right? Sometimes my voice will, will get to where it, you know, sometimes we have to call in the, 
the cavalry or something. We have to call in lots of additional assistance because sometimes it's hard to get through, you know, with those different places. They might have very good defense systems, but we will and our higher selves know who we have to call in that case. After we go through that and that gets loosened up and it starts to flow out, then when their higher selves come in and their divine aspects and just that incredible love comes in, it's just pouring in and everything. And and I just, that's my very favorite part (laughs) because it always, some people are more consciously aware than others about what's going on. Like when I work with someone else who's a, an energy worker or something, you know, after I'm finished, she goes, yeah, we did this, 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 this. I thought you're going to there and there and there and then the other aspect. Yeah, put this up and then we did. I go, oh yeah, that's, that's what we did, right? So they know, they feel what we're doing, right? But you know, some people don't, but they will always feel that love. They will always feel just how loved they are. So that to me is the best, <laughs> the best part. Yeah, I was... Just thinking, you know, I think you mentioned that you might be able to do some actual light language for us. And I was thinking that, you know, usually you were just saying that the light language that comes through is to help someone with something specific. You know, like you had mentioned, it helped this person with their father passing and this other woman with her meditation practice. And so I'm thinking, you know, I guess... If you do decide to do the light language, what would it be for? I guess it would be for everyone Collective? who's going to hear this, right? Whatever yeah. they need. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, we, uh, Sophia and I were thinking about this earlier, and so it is. It's for uh, what, what we'll do is something that is going to benefit those who hear this message and that who are hearts are willing, and it will come to them in the way that's their timing, not more or not less than what they need at this time. So we will set that intention and then we will see, we'll see what they do with it. Okay. Give that sounds a, great. Okay, you have to give me a few minutes to kind of re, um, re, uh, change, change gears. Okay. Yeah. Tolen de rondo 
yayo ususa sunne unna oyatte kote unne oyatte kote ro yenne ususa sunne yunne kote ro bayatehi bayatehi yo yonna mayate ke sunne takari unna tesore unna rore was very strong uh so who who was that you know you said that the different ones come in and so i'm curious who, who that so, was so these were now i think of them as kind of my asian pair they're not asian but to me as far as all the languages that i know uh they sound a little more in the asian field than in other fields right 
so uh, they came in and they were doing some male female dynamic clearing today. I'm still feeling I'm like doing this because I'm just the energy like moving through my system, <laughs> letting it. Get. Yeah, is there something like? Do some is there any kind of like integration process or follow up that people that you recommend for people to do at home after they have a session with you or it's best if they can if they have time to have some private time and do some meditation afterwards just if they have that time that's really good then I recommend that they just kind of don't um, you know don't let their conscious mind come in and start to try to put it all in a box and say, that's just something we did. But to what I asked them to do is to, to empower and not disempower any urges that they get or inclinations that they get or because it helps as a little jump start. It helps to bring that energy in and it releases and they can, feel the way it's released that energy in their own bodies. So acting on that and empowering it is very important to do and not to let that critical voice come in and start trying to undermine that. And uh, we really have to watch that with ourselves because this is something that we definitely will frequently do. We'll have the experience. We can feel how genuine it is. We can feel how expansive it was. We can feel all the things that happened. Let that energy continue to grow. Let it continue to grow by empowering it, by acting on it, and by by valuing it, and by not letting that critical voice come in, um, if you at all can, because a lot of times our ego itself would prefer to be calling the shots. You know, this is something that it does that a lot of times our are definitely our logical mind doesn't understand. And so because of that, it might try to undermine it. But there are so many other parts of us that do understand it. Our heart center will understand it completely. Our heart center will feel it and will understand it. Lots of times our body itself will feel it and will will feel that and do things like dancing is really good to do afterwards too. Dancing and moving, feeling that energy and let it moving let it allow it to move all through your body. That's a real good thing to do. Also, um, I think it's important to jot down some things, maybe during the experience after a session, definitely, you know, if they want to jot down some things in whatever way they use or draw a picture of things or, and sometimes during, sometimes during a session, sometimes afterwards, or, or sometimes before I'll get images and I'll, jot, and I'll, I'll draw those out. So then we might talk, about those at the end of a session and it's interesting it's always really interesting how the session and the drawings were really explaining what went on uh, and helping that person to understand more about what that was on the different levels so i'm curious if you all your sessions are in person or if you do them you know, virtually or over the phone, because like, of course, sound can transfer over these other mediums. But then I also wonder if technology would get in the way of the frequency or the vibration as it has been in our podcast today in some ways. Seriously, I've only, you know, I've only tried to do it once over video. I mean, over uh, uh, the electronic, because I just don't like the way it becomes a factor my favorite is person to person. And I've just uh, started really 
working with groups of people. I've just started doing that, so I don't have a lot of experience with that yet, but I think that that's definitely an, another thing, working with groups of people. Then we, we focus on the energy that's like a, coming together in the center of the, the group energy, so that's what we're working with. But my very favorite is the personal session because really it happens in layers. The sound is usually happening for, uh, um, it, it varies, but not unusual to go like an hour sometimes it's like 30 30 minutes to an hour it really depends and I mean it depends on what they're doing and what needs to be done and and I mean a lot of times they will literally go like stem to stern through that person's body with the different aspects of their being coming through to deal with the different aspects of their body all their different energy systems and so that's my favorite because that's what I consider getting the job done, right? The job that we're doing is getting that job done. It is, you know, helping that higher self use our physical body energy and all the sounds coming through to help that person restructure and get ready for ascension. That really is wonderful. And I just want to say, when you were doing the sounds, I could feel, I, I really could feel them in my body. And then I, like you were saying, it almost like went up to all of my chakras all up through my whole energy system up into my head it was very bizarre but it was like a really nice feeling yeah there's definitely something going on there and i really appreciate you doing that for us thank you and i just wanted to know if you could please let our listeners know where they can find you online if they want to have a session or if they want to get in touch with you yeah, so you can go to my website. It's sophiasoundillumination.com. You can contact me through there. There's a little contact button. I love to do what I do. It's basically it's why we're here. So, <laughs> Well, thank you again. That was really wonderful. Thank you all. Thank you all so much for having me here today. I completely enjoyed it. It's my passion, my mission, and my pleasure. So happy to speak with you guys about it. Thanks. Yeah, your the vibration was very... Not just... Uh, definitely when you were doing the light language, but throughout the whole time that you've been on, I really uh, felt energy. So, so thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you very much to Cynthia Bronham for taking the time to talk with us and for sharing her gifts and knowledge with us. If you'd like to find out more about Cynthia or schedule a session with her, you can go to sophiasoundillumination.com and Sophia is spelled S-O-P-H-I-A. Thanks to everyone that made this podcast possible. Produced and hosted by Tim Howe and Tiana Roser. Music by Casey Henson. For more information about us or to access past episodes, please visit beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. We also have Beyond the Illusion merch on our website now, so if you're interested, check it out. Also, please remember to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you listen. This will help other people find us. Take care.